Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. So in this particular example, uh, we had a client who was buying two properties, same buyer, same seller, linked transaction. So does anybody know what a linked transaction is? I a guess. Oliver? Maybe a buying from a portfolio landlord, I think up two of properties as an example, but it's um, you know, coordinated and purchased at the same time. <coughs> same time? So where the Joel? solicitor is handling both buyer and seller's transaction? Nope. No, the Oliver's on the right track, but don't. Same buyer, same seller. Same buyer, same seller. Same time? Not necessarily. Okay. It's probably a time limit. <coughs> you think? So, Darren buys a property <laughs> from Joel now, and in three years' time, buys another property from Joel. Is that going to be a linked transaction, do you think? If, yes. If you agree at the same time. No. 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 Okay. No. 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 Nothing. Nothing. Three years or more. There's, there's no time limit per se. Some people will say to you there is a time limit, but there isn't a, t a, a real time limit. But I'm talking about the SDLT. There's normally 12 months, and then there's appeals beyond. No. That's for, that's for SDLT reclaims. Right. Okay. So if you build it in. Yeah. The bugger with this is if you have a linked transaction, and let's make it easy, let's not say three years. So Darren sells first prop property to Joel in 2021, second property to Joel in 2022, so a year later, it's a linked transaction. What impact do you think that may have on the uh, buyer? Mark? Does it allow you to claim the multiple property relief thing? Yes. But what impact do you think a linked transaction may have apart from that? STLT. STLT. And, and what do you think is going to happen to the STLT? So our friend over here says we pay less STLT. So over here we're paying less, less STLT. So do we agree with Anel, isn't it? Yeah. We pay less STLT? Well, obviously, because... You're talking about it. <laughs> You're a doctor. You're the smart guy in the room. You're meant to pick up what nobody else picks up, oh, by okay. the way, Mark. Okay? Yeah? So you're meant to say, of course not, Chas, because if it's a linked transaction and these rules are set by the government and HMRC, we're going to pay more STLT. So the problem for Joel is when he buys the second property, the, the value of the first property gets added on there because if you think about STLT, it goes up in different stages and layers, doesn't it? So the, again, talking from memory here, first 125,000 pounds, no STLT is there. Then it goes up in tranches, okay? And, and the higher up you go, the more STLT you pay as a percentage. So if the first property was bought by Joel for, let's say, £125,000, okay, and it's his first ever property, no STLT to pay and no additional 3%. The second property that Joel buys is another £125,000. 
he'll have to pay SDLT on the entire 125 plus the 3% because the first 125,000 pound which is exempt or you pay no SDLT on you've already used up on the first transaction does that make sense? Yeah. matters not it's a linked transaction. What's, what's the rationale behind that? Like, I mean, I don't understand why... The rationale behind that is simply because what you two might do is enter into a deal where uh, you say, I don't want, I'll buy all the properties from you, but I don't want to buy them in one go, I'll buy them in stages. So they think, well, people might do that, so what we're going to do is, we're going to assume you're doing that anyhow, whether you are or whether you're not. Sorry, how does it different than, than the granny annex uh, and the main house? Uh, it's not different, but what I'm saying is... That's why I'm saying it's not different, so that yeah. becomes a linked uh, transaction. Mark already covered that. No, no, it doesn't. Cause that's, remember my question to you or whoever was, is it on one title? Mm. So one title, so it's, it's one property. Here, we're buying two separate properties on two separate titles, yeah? Mm. So the, the problem with linked transactions is you'll have to pay more SDLT. Uh, so be careful with that, but as Mark says, there's an opportunity to claim multiple dwellings relief. So we don't want to get too complicated with this today, but just raise your awareness. Uh, so in this particular uh, transaction, linked transaction, uh, each property was worth 1.025 million. Both of them were together were worth 2.05 million. One property was empty for three years, other one was empty for two years. And the STLT on those properties is 221,000 pounds. Because as we figured out, as the properties are worth more, you pay more SDLT as the percentage. Okay? Is there anything you think we could do here, based on this scenario? Oliver? Actually, for two and three years, or like stripping the kitchens out before they uh, <coughs> through so they're uninhabitable. Just a thought. More. Sell a few more, if they have available properties, and create a, like a commercial purchase. And how many properties do we need to have a commercial? I think four plus. Four plus? Do you want to change that number? You have a think about that, Ronald. I'll come back to you. So Oliver, and this is a question from Mark, by the way. Oliver, are you saying we should strip out the kitchens and then sell them? Or, or, or are you saying there are no kitchens in these properties? There are no kitchens in them. It, you know, nobody asks what's in the past. If there's no kitchen in there, then it's because it's I'm going to go with whatever Mark says and from, right. from what I assume from Oliver Mark what he's saying is that what, what we should do is strip out the kitchens beforehand or possibly buy the properties and then strip out the kitchens and make it out like we bought the properties without any kitchens. If you buy the properties with a kitchen, you've bought the properties with the kitchens. Yeah. So you can't strip it out. But you buy it on completion, it. so you, you would... It's, Really, the critical thing is whether it had a kitchen at completion or am I being... Oliver, I'm going to do exactly what Mark says because he's the clever sure. one in the room. Sure. Uh, but I, and then I'll come back on to you, by the way. I'm only messing... But, so Mark, we bought the properties, we strip out the kitchens and we say to HMRC, these properties had no kitchens. Uh, can we, should we be, we be doing that? No. no. No, so Oliver, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> the it happens, happens. So now the other side of the coin. Oliver says, when we're buying the property, we say to the seller, can you strip out the kitchens for us? And if you strip out for us, we'll buy the property. 
if the HMRC question the seller and say, were there kitchens in there before, the seller is either going to lie to them and say no, or they're going to say, tell the truth and say, yes, there were, but Oliver asked me to strip them out. And when the, when the seller comes to ask you, Mark, what shall I do? What's your advice to them? Well, um, my advice would be, don't tell a lie to the HMRC. So Oliver? I've never lied to it. Oliver, yes. thank you for your contribution, my friend. <laughs> hmm? We're no further afield, by the way, but thank you for it. No, seriously. Uh, but the crucial point is, if a property doesn't have a kitchen, does that make it uninhabitable? Yes. For what purposes, Darren? Because there is no fresh water running to the house, or available water to the house. Residential? It could be a commercial property. Okay. You're not able to let it out. Never let it down? Yeah. Can I get a mortgage? Mortgage. Ah. Yeah, but as we know. Have you been spending time with Mark by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> He's rubbing up on you. Okay. Yeah. You won't be able to get a mortgage. You can't get a mortgage. Okay. Yeah. So, Mark, I've got to pick on somebody, and you're the clever one, so sorry. Uh, so, Joel says no mortgage. Our friend over here says, no mortgage. So and you, they're both right, by the way. So, so no kitchen, you can't get a mortgage because it's uninhabitable. Yeah. Do you think the same threshold applies to SDLT? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can get SDLT yeah. Are you certain about that or, or are you assuming that? Mark, again, now look, see, he's come to save the day. I mean, if you buy a property with cash, and don't get a mortgage, you still have to pay SDLT. So the answer to your question is no, it makes no difference to SDLT. See? Now, now do you know why I like him so much? Okay. He always makes up an answer like it's the right answer and he thinks we're all going to agree to it, but he's right though. <laughs> uh, just because a property doesn't have uh, a kitchen does not make it uninhabitable for SDLT purposes. So, because the threshold for STLT is higher than a threshold for mortgage companies, okay? So, so like roof missing kind of stuff, are you? Now, say, Oliver, I, I knew you'd come back with a good answer. So, if, if the roof's missing or a roof's missing, uninhabitable, okay? If the plumbing's in a bad state and there's pipes sticking out everywhere, the floor's missing and the electrical wires are everywhere, okay? it's likely it could be uninhabitable. If the property has asbestos in it, uninhabitable. Okay, so those are the kinds of things you are looking for. And the more of those kind of things that you have... Even Japanese knotweed? Sorry? Even Japanese knotweed, or that's not? Inside the property, yes, outside, no. And so it has to be inside, Dania. Yeah? So this particular property, because both were empty for, a, for uh, a couple of years, and they were in a bad state, by the way, and you can probably look at, by looking at the price, both properties were somewhere in South London, I don't remember exactly where. But after he sent us the photos and we had a look, they were in a bad condition. He was able to, to, to de demonstrate that both properties were uninhabitable, therefore he didn't have to pay residential rates of SDLT, he paid non-residential rates, which some people refer to as commercial rates, which are gonna be less, and you don't pay the additional 3%. So he ended up paying 90,000 pound SDLT as opposed to 221,000. But on, on a serious note, without 
messing around with Oliver because I like him. Uh, he was right. The both properties were uninhabitable. So again, the only thing you need to recall for, from today is when you're buying a property, think, can this qualify as being uninhabitable? Yeah. That's the important word, amalgamation. The more of these things you have, the more like so bathroom on its own, no. Kitchen on its own, no. Bathroom, kitchen, pipes sticking out, wires sticking out, possibly asbestos. Not all of these, by the way. More of this says this property is not classed as a dwelling. That's the important thing. So it's not safe to live in. Yeah, and then and then you can claim uh, non-residential rates of SDLT. As our friend over there said, okay, you've got 12 months from the date the SDLT returns filed to do a reclaim. If not, you have a further three years. But if you don't do it in the first uh, 12 months, it makes it harder, a lot harder. So JD wants to know about VAT implications when she's buying a commercial commercial property to do a commercial conversion. I recall them five percent. I can't. Uh, it's already it shows how quickly it goes away, doesn't it? It was only Monday. But uh, at least you, you recall. Pete, anything you want to add? Uh, what he says. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's very helpful. Mark, should I believe anything Pete and Oliver tell me? I'm reading Pete's notes from Monday night. <laughs> he hasn't written that down. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blank page, is it? Yeah. <laughs> All I need to do is you say the seed, and then I need to ask a tax. Good man. Done, and then, then I'll, I'll share that with you, JD. I think it was regularly 20%. Then if it's a commercial conversion, it's um, 5%. And if it's a new build, then it's 0%. Good. And where did you learn that from? A year ago in commercial conversions. <laughs> and who was talking there at the time? Uh, it was um, you, right? With the, well, it was Dan, obviously, leading the course. Yeah. But you, you, you came. Is it me? Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. So if you're buying a commercial property, JD, it may have VAT on it. Yeah. And the reason why it may have VAT on it is either it's a new property, uh, so it is vatable, or at some point in the past, and let's say our friend over here, your name was? Dan. Let Dan bought a commercial property 20 years ago, uh, and five years later decided he needs to refurbish the entire property and spent £400,000 refurbishing it and has to pay 20% VAT on the refurb work, which is £80,000. And Dan goes to his accountant uh, and says, I want to claim back the VAT. And the accountant says, of course you can, but there's two things you have to do, apart from obviously opting to tax, which means bring the property into the VAT regime. You have to charge VAT on the rent going forward, and when you, when you sell the property to somebody else, in this case JD, you have to charge VAT on the purchase price or the sale price. Yeah? And that's what Dan does every year. He charges you VAT on the rent. And then when he's about to sell the property, JD, he charges you VAT. If you buy the property from Dan, you'll have, and you pay VAT, in terms of SDLT, you'll have to pay stamp duty land tax on the entire transaction. So you're buying the, the, the property from uh, Dan for a, a million pounds plus VAT, which is 1.2 million, you'll pay stamp duty land tax on 1.2 million. So you're paying tax on tax. If Dan is giving the, uh, I'll come to you in a second. If, if Dan is selling the property to you with a tenant, sitting tenant, then you could use uh, the transfer of going concern rules, TOGC. And to keep it really simple, uh, JD, what that means is you don't have to pay the, the VAT. 
Okay. You don't pay the VAT. Benefit to you is A, you don't have to find the extra 200,000 pounds. B, you don't pay SDLT on the VAT. Only thing you have to do is register for VAT going forward and sign up uh, to, for your own option to tax. Therefore, you going forward charge VAT on the rent. When you sell the property, you charge VAT on the sale. That's your one. Kind of taking over the VAT on the rent. In a roundabout way, but you're taking over under your own name, yeah? Number one. Second option is, if you're going to do a commercial conversion, you complete a VAT 1614D and give that to uh, Dan. If he accept, accepts it, he doesn't charge you VAT. And then you don't pay VAT, okay? Number one. Then number two, you bought the property now. You're going to carry out refurbishment work to it. If you increase the number of units, reduce the number of units, or if you buy a house, which you've been empty for two years or longer, you only pay 5% VAT to your builder. Yeah, 5%. Uh, in your case, you're going to increase the number of units, because at that minute, it's a commercial property, and you're going to create 10 flats. So you'd pay 5% VAT to your builder for the labor. Yeah. If you buy all the materials through them, you pay 5% on that too. Okay. If you buy the materials yourself, you've got to pay 20% VAT on all the materials. The best thing is to get them to do everything. Okay. Yeah. Then, moving forward, if you sell the properties, you claim back all the VAT. If you don't sell the properties, you can't claim the VAT back. Okay? Why do you think JD cannot claim the VAT back on those 10 flats if she doesn't sell them? She's benefiting from the income. So, what kind of income is she getting, Robert? <coughs> Rental income. And do we? Do we yeah. We don't charge VAT. We can't charge VAT. It's an exempt supply. We can't charge VAT on the rent. So HMRC say, thank you, JD, but you're not bringing any future money to us. Therefore, you can't have the VAT back. Whereas Dan over here had the VAT back, but he was bringing us a future income stream. Then you can. Yeah. yeah, which is different. Yeah. What you could do, JD, and we're not going to cover it here today, is you can assign a lease of longer than 21 years to another company, a company which you may own, and then keep the flats and claim back the VAT. So just put down 21 years, no, more than longer than 21 year lease claim back VAT and hold. That's all you need to know for today. Okay with that? Yep. So I've probably confused some people in the room here. If I have, raise your hand. Mark? You're confused. I'm just raising my hand. <laughs> well, if you're confused, what's going to happen to the rest of us? Any questions on that, by the way? So all, you, all you've got to do is buying property, transfer going concern, VAT 1614D are your two options. And then obviously 5% on the refurb, and if you sell, claim back. If you can't sell, just put down lease of longer than 21 years. That's all you've got to do for today. Okay? What about the mixed use? As in part commercial, part residential property? Like? For VAT purposes, yeah. then you only pay VAT on the commercial element if the person who you're buying from has opted to tax, i.e. they have to charge you VAT. If Dan bought that property 20 years ago and it wasn't within the regime of VAT, and he doesn't refurbish it, doesn't opt to tax. When he sells the property to you, which happens quite often, by the way, he doesn't have to charge you VAT. Even if it's one title? 
it doesn't matter how many tanks there are. He will only charge you VAT if he's opted to tax. So, and, and, and if it's mixed use, you only pay VAT uh, on Helen on the commercial element, not on the residential, because no VAT on residential property. Did you have a question down earlier on? I said to come back to you. Okay, happy with that, JD? Yes. Thank you. Okay, we've done that. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.